Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about energy and sustainability from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the commodity markets by my colleague, Jason Durden, Alpha's Head of Energy Markets and Risk Management. Now, Jason, when we were last speaking, we were talking about the, the pressures in the commodity market and the uh, you know the macroeconomic influences on it, particularly on oil. And, and what is the situation there, particularly looking at not just the Western economies, but China as well? Yes, Jeremy, we've got real divergence of pressures, really. So obviously, the short, medium term pressures still remain around supply. We've got issues as you would normally have um, specifically around Libya. And obviously, the Russian oil question remains on on everyone's lips as the, the war continues. And, uh, you know, we're, we're getting to the point now where we're into we're approaching May. And, you know, that's supposed to be when trading houses turn their backs on Russian physical oil trading and wider, I suppose, we start to see rubles um, being demanded for payment of oil and, and gas as well. So that's still very much in the foreground, but markets are always looking, you know, six plus months ahead. And I think, you know, some of the economic stats that have been coming out and uh, uh, and some of the issues, particularly in China, as you mentioned, are running, you know, warning flags everywhere in terms of recession and what recession means. And it means lower demand. Coupled to that, I say we've got Beijing at the moment where we've got mass testing of um, areas concerned about COVID. We've just come through uh, a period that saw oil traded down to below $100 when Shanghai was suffering badly. Now, as Shanghai has started to move out and lift some of these restrictions on its uh, economic activity, we're now seeing oil seesaw back up to about 120 24 hours ago, we saw the Beijing news break. And, you know, last night we were back below 100 again. So I think oil is absolutely trapped within a very tight range looking for direction you know it's absolutely hemmed in between relatively short-term supportive supply side issues and um, a mixture of both short medium and longer term demand concerns right that's interesting and i guess the same applies to an extent to gas but there are some very europe specific concerns about gas aren't there given the situation in ukraine and the desire for european countries to get themselves off russian gas in particular but there has been some i hesitate to say respite for consumers because i don't suppose it's fed through into bills yet uh, but there have been some slightly lower wholesale prices recently at least in the uk market haven't there so what's been going on there is that just the normal transition towards summer anything in this market is far from normal but um I think what we saw was we saw February and March, we saw a really aggressive uptick in 22 pricing to the point where it had really stretched the spread between 22 and 23 and further out 24. What we're seeing is we're seeing generally good short-term supply, more adequate supply, should we say, through LNG and through Norwegian Shelf, through UK uh, CS. So in that respect, the markets are, are relatively comfortable uh, and we've seen, you know, there has been some aggressive selling in the front end of the curve pretty much since um, just before the Easter break to the point where we've got front month gas is at a five month low 
Um, Short-term power, a little bit more sticky than gas, obviously, because it's reflecting various other factors. Um, is it a two-month low? You know, most of these 22 contracts are sitting below their 100-day moving average. Um, and in the case of May gas, which of course expires this week, we're seeing May gas trading below its 200-day moving average. So there are some glimmers of hope, um, but the contango in the in that short curve within itself means that yes, people are prepared and the market is prepared to to push down prices um, where there's comfortable supply. But you know, you get a month or two. Um, and then you get a sharp increase in the premiums expected because obviously we're in this real flux of no one knows what, what direction the war takes, whether we have to start paying for gas in rubles or, or euros or dollars. You know, there's too much on the table. So I think the risks are very high, but the rewards are that anyone who was forward buying gas just before Easter for May at £2.20 is looking at it at £1.50 today thinking, well... You know, maybe I should have paid, uh, you know, been a little bit more uh, uh, optimistic about the future. But as I say, these things are volatility remains a, a, a massive influence in these markets, particularly when there is so little liquidity, um, specifically beyond the first couple of months. I think that's a really important point. We shouldn't assume that the difficulties are over just because there have been some uh, reductions in prices. Uh, th that risk is very much out there, and you can see that in the volatility. And, you know, one of those risks, you mentioned the whole situation with Russian gas. Uh, this can affect both supply and demand, can't it, for Europe, and therefore have a direct influence on, on the UK market, which is adjacent and tied into it. And it's not just a question about whether Russian gas is available, either to be purchased or in physical terms, but also the fact that Europe needs now to restock um, storage facilities to quite high levels, starting from quite low levels. And that's going to underpin demand throughout the summer months, isn't it? Totally. I mean, we've seen uh, since we've started summer deliveries, the start of April, uh, the UK has seen just under 100 MCM of total export. Now, of course, there's um, uh, Moffat and the uh, exports to Ireland, as usual, within that. Um, however, We'd say that's approximately around 75 million cubic metres a day has been going out into uh, European storage. And fundamentally, you know, we are taking more LNG in. There is winter levels of um, Norwegian shelf coming through Langeled. Um, we have had some troll maintenance, which we're going to have Norwegian continental shelf maintenance over the next few weeks and months now. Um, but that seems to have passed. So there's some confidence there. But there is clearly signs that there is more gas being transited through the UK and into Europe than at this time uh, for, for any number of years in the last three or four. Well, that, that's interesting. And turning now to a commodity we haven't mentioned yet, but which remains hugely important, especially for the long term, but also right now for power generators and industrial users, and that's carbon. And carbon's kind of a function of what's been going on in other commodity markets. So the carbon market tends to move, um, if not in line or in response to other commodity changes. So what is the situation there after the Easter break? Where are carbon prices now? So just before Easter, carbon had uh, really got itself stuck, particularly the European contract. 
the UK contract is relatively, you know, a much smaller market, and there's been some pretty significant shift in in currency as well over the last couple of weeks, which has put some price pressure into sterling denominated on the upside in terms of a weaker sterling making things more expensive. But yeah, carbon remains something that is really or, or has been trapped for two months between it being an investment it's a policy market i mean uh, is it a commodity well i prefer to call it a policy market because you're trading government will rather than anything really tangible you know do governments want to print more or less certificates do they want to do this are they going to do this and and as you quite rightly said i think security of supply is probably fancied as the priority right at this moment in time rather than the the green agenda you know there is probably evidence of more coal being burnt this summer across europe than in previous years there's possibly new coking facilities being built and commissioned in in markets that you wouldn't have expected you know i think in the short term the drivers are a little uncertain for carbon and that's why we've seen a little bit of a, a break but as we've come back from easter we've seen a, a concerted effort to rally carbon why i think well there's been a uh, the usual dearth of um, primary auctions during and around major holidays we always see pretty spectacular moves when it, we're reliant on the secondary market alone you know indicative of just general sort of liquidity across all of these markets at the moment but what i would say is i think longer term i think one or two investors are out there thinking well actually whilst this might be relatively bad news on the short end on the long end you know governments hopefully are going to take a much longer view of of diversification away from oil and gas if only to not be in the position where they're beholden to one massive regional player you know which we're seeing play out at the moment specifically between germany and the eu and russia well, Jason, I think that's a great point on which to conclude, and I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, it must be confusing to some listening to this and, and you know reading the news in the papers, but unfortunately we're in a transition period where two things are happening simultaneously. We need to get our hands on more non-Russian oil, gas and coal for a short period of time uh, to get off it, but in the longer run, actually the current circumstances strengthen the case for decarbonisation and moving away from fossil fuels and hence the whole net zero agenda so that hasn't gone away as you say in fact uh, if anything the case for it is strengthened but uh, uh, we're going to have to go through a difficult period where two perhaps slightly different things are happening simultaneously well thank you for explaining about that always interesting if you'd like to find out more please visit our website alphaenergygroup.com forward slash uk and have a look at our reports there and we hope you're able to join us for a podcast again soon <laughs>